ringing in water year 2015 this October 5th, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin. And I'm Jamie Sudler. And it's This Week in Water. As you may know, melting glaciers in West Antarctica have led to significant losses of ice so much that it is possible Antarctica may have passed a tipping point where there is no way to stop the hemorrhaging. But you may not know that the melting of the glaciers is causing a measurable weakening of Earth's gravity there. Gravity is not really constant all over the planet and is stronger where land or ice is denser. The lessening of the gravitational force in the Antarctic is caused by the changes in mass from the ice turning into water. These conclusions were made after the European Space Agency's satellite and those of NASA and a German mission tracked changes in ice sheets. While you may not feel lighter if you travel to the Antarctic, the study confirms that global warming is significantly changing the area. The measurements in this study were local, and now the European Space Agency is planning to map the change in gravity over the entire continent. Could water be a bridge for peace, or at least a pipeline to it? Engineers behind Barisu, or the Peace Water Project, certainly hope so. Barisu is an ambitious endeavor to bring water 66 miles from reservoirs in Turkey to the parched northern edge of Cyprus. Water is a huge concern for the island, which has stepped up desalination and conservation efforts. The Cyprus News Agency reports that as of August, the island's reservoirs were only at 37% of capacity. The Barisu pipeline, which will hang about 800 feet below the water's surface, will be held up by a series of poles extended from the sea floor. It's expected to deliver 19.8 billion gallons of water annually to Turkish Cypriots. This would give significant economic and political leverage in the standoff with the majority Greek Cypriot community that has kept the Mediterranean island divided for four decades. Turkish officials, including President Erdogan, who visited the island this month, says they're hopeful that a reliable water supply will spur the local economy and give a fresh jolt to reconciliation talks between the two communities. Mr. Erdogan told Turkish Cypriot leaders that the water could be used by both Greeks and Turkish communities, but only so long as Greek Cypriots, quote, took the hand of peace we are offering. That prospect seems daunting as the island has resisted any past efforts at political reunification. Turkey, which first sent its troops to the northern part of Cyprus when ethnic clashes broke out in 1974, remains the only country that officially recognizes its Turkish Republic there. Those opposed to hydraulic fracturing have been concerned that some of the ingredients in fracking fluid are toxic. But drillers have not told the public all of the chemicals they use. As of October 1st, one of the larger drilling service companies, Baker Hughes, will disclose all of the chemicals used in each of its fracturing operations. The company stated that it was going to be more transparent. The information will appear at frackfocus.org, which is an oil and gas industry website. The Environmental Defense Fund applauded the move, stating that the only way the industry can earn public trust is to disclose the chemicals they use and the steps taken to minimize risks to the environment effects. Baker Hughes is the first major oil field company to offer up the data on the chemicals it uses. 
it is yet to be seen if others such as Halliburton and Schlumberger will follow. In the past, drillers have been reluctant to disclose the chemicals they use as being proprietary information. Baker Hughes will still not disclose, however, how much of a particular chemical it uses. Flame retardants are used in all sorts of products, from couch cushions to TV casings, and scientists have known that particles from the compounds can accumulate in air and water. They've also known that rivers and lakes receive significant amounts of chemicals from treated wastewater, but how the compounds get into sewage plants has remained a mystery until now. A new study suggests that one of the biggest contributors might well be our washing machines. It seems flame retardants are collecting on our clothing from household dust and then coming out in the wash, so to speak. That, according to new research from Washington Toxics Coalition, an environmental research and advocacy group in Seattle. To test their hypothesis, researchers did some housework. They went to 20 households near the mouth of the Columbia River and convinced residents there to allow them to vacuum and do their laundry. They also visited two sewage plants serving those households and grabbed water samples entering and exiting the plant. The result? They found 21 different flame retardants in household dust and 18 in laundry water. According to the group, their analysis suggests that household laundry water is the primary source of flame retardants accumulating in treatment plants and that some of the compounds are going right through the plant and onto the river. Flame retardants have been detected in the Columbia River water, its sediment, as well as in wildlife such as osprey and salmon. Many environmental groups are advocating for their removal from household products and clothing, stating that the best way to remove those compounds from waterways is to get them out of our homes in the first place. One of the potential risks from drilling for oil and gas is operator error. And that is what occurred last week in West Virginia when Antero Resources detected methane gas in a new well. Antero apparently drilled the new well right into another operating well that was producing oil. Methane gas was released affecting the surrounding area. The company secured the new well and said that the damage happened about 640 feet from the surface. The drilling mishap may have contaminated water wells for residents in the area, and their water is currently being tested. In the meantime, Antero is providing water to residents in the area which is required by West Virginia's Department of Environmental Protection. The news of this drilling accident comes soon after the governor of West Virginia, Earl Ray Tomlin, announced his plans to allow companies to drill for oil and gas underneath the Ohio River. Environmental groups wrote last week to the governor arguing that the state has not shown it can protect the river, which supplies drinking water to more than 3 million people. A chemical spill in January this year affected the drinking water of 300,000 West Virginians not too far from the Ohio River. The risks from drilling were also the subject of a settlement by some companies with New York authorities. Two big onshore oil and gas operators have agreed with the New York Attorney General's office to disclose the financial risks to investors from hydraulic fracturing. Earlier last week, ExxonMobil was the first company to release a drilling risk report to its investors.
Some of the pressure on the companies to inform their investors comes from shareholders who have been demanding that oil and gas operators detail potential problems and risks that investing in these companies carries. And finally this week, we say goodbye to water year 2014, which ended on September 30th, and acknowledge that it's been a rough one, especially for California, which has spent the past three years in drought, and 2015 isn't looking much better. The Golden State begins a new October-September water year with a total reservoir storage of only 36% of capacity. Hard as it's been on residents, animals are struggling too, notably bears. As drought conditions worsen, food becomes more scarce in the mountains where streams are down to a trickle and the usual supply of berries and insects is dwindling. So hungry Bruins are foraging in more populated areas. That's meant a record year for bear encounters. The California Department of Fish and Wildlife has responded to 10 to 20 times the number of bear calls from just a year ago. At least six bears have entered residential areas in Bakersfield over the past two weeks, and nine have been captured in Lake Tahoe since last Wednesday. According to Chris Healy, spokesman for the Department of Wildlife, a surge in activity is expected as temperatures cool at this time of year, and a bear's food intake needs jump from 3,000 to 25,000 calories a day, the human equivalent of eating 83 McDonald's cheeseburgers. The animals are going through what's called hyperphagia, in which they eat as much as possible to store fat before hibernation. Said Carl Lackey, the agency's chief wildlife biologist, Nothing much gets in a bear's way when they're this hungry. So a warning to our listeners, if you're in California, be bear aware, and you might want to keep a firm grip on that picnic basket. Yogi Bear is smarter than the average bear. Yogi Bear is always in the ranger's head. At a picnic table you will find him there. This Week in Water is a production of H2O Radio and is sponsored by Colorado Waterwise. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org. Who else? Yogi Bear. <laughs>